Code Winds, Episode 10. Nico Bavacqua discusses JavaScript tooling, app design, and his upcoming book, JavaScript Application Design. Welcome to the Code Winds Podcast, where we cover leading edge web developer news and training with an emphasis on Node, JavaScript, and HTML5. My name is Jeff Barczewski, and I am here to help you navigate the winds of change. In this episode, I caught up with Nico Bavacqua, a full-stack developer from Buenos Aires, who was speaking at JSConf 2014. We discussed JavaScript tooling, app design, and his upcoming book, JavaScript Application Design. The links and show notes for this podcast are available at codewinds.com slash 10 as in episode 10. Let's get started. I'm here with uh, Nico Bevacqua at uh, JSConf, and and Nico just got through uh, presenting his uh, talk on uh, Build First, and I wanted to... uh, Sit down and talk with Nico for a little bit further about uh, about building first and uh, and all of the uh, uh, concepts behind that. So, uh, Nico, what uh, what can you tell me about build first and and what uh, the audience should know? Okay, um, build first is um, basically uh, a f- philosophy behind uh, how to build your applications, and it's not something that uh, just applies to JavaScript, but uh, since JavaScript is interpreted, um, it's easier to uh, not do it, right? Right. Yeah, and absolutely. To, and get away with it. Yeah. So, wh- well, what I'm trying to uh, promote is um, not going for for that um, for the easy way out, but rather um, doing the, the the extra work to put together a build process, uh, the first thing out the door. Um, and that'll help you um, with with your testing and with everything that you do with in, in your application. Also, um, the 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 process around it um, because um, it's I, I've been in projects where they they said like uh, yeah we'll we'll get to to building and testing and. You just don't. It never and happens. And yeah. if you and if you do, um, it's like a complete mess because it's just tucked in as an afterthought, and yeah. it's not something that's built into the the application yeah. like it should be. Yeah, and I imagine too. You know, probably one of the things that you uh, talk about uh, in your book is um, just s- saving time. I mean, you yeah. know, in- instead of saving it later it's saving it the, throughout the entire development process you know yeah. i mean you know because uh, every time you need to do something if it's automated it's just a little bit faster than doing it you know manually or whatever yeah. so yeah and that's one of the uh, critical aspects of build first that it enables it enables you to um do stuff like continuous development which uh not nearly as many people as could do do it yeah. um and it's something that uh, for example, if you have to uh, use uh, Browserify, you you must have continuous de- development. But uh, if you don't, uh, you might get away without it. But it's it's way faster if you do, um, because you might you may um, automate uh, your files saving uh, when you uh, switch tabs, 
and you you could also um, let your browser refresh itself and um, and have your build run itself. So all you need to do is write the code and switch yeah. to the browser, and that's it. Yeah, good. Okay, that's awesome. And so, uh, uh, what are some of the tools that um, that you talk about in the book, or things that people should look at, uh, you know, in in determining how to do continuous integration and continuous deployment, uh, or to continuous development, and our, uh, all that? Right. Yeah. Uh, in the book, I uh, I use Grunt to uh, to compose the 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 uh, the build processes that I talk about, but. Uh, I I, I I tried as hard as possible to to make Grunt a, a secondary thing, okay, uh, and and make the primary theme uh, be uh, the theory behind how to put together the build process, so that you could build it with Gulp, npm, or wherever you want to. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as uh, continuous integration and deployments go, I I'm, I mentioned. Uh, Travis CI as um, the continuous integration tool of choice, um, and then for deployments, I I made a, a choice where I went for uh, Heroku with um, with the deployment process, but in in the code samples I also included a, a sample that explains how to deploy to Amazon EC2 through oh, Grant. Excellent, yeah, great. The um in your research in that, uh, have you uh, went as far as looking at the various ways to uh, do automated um, builds of uh, instances, maybe like with uh, Chef or Puppet, Ansible, Nix, um, Docker, any of those kinds of things? Have you have you researched any of those at all? Or um, no. Okay. Yeah, there, I mean, so many things. I, I was just curious if. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if, no, uh, I I played um, with with EC2 mm -hmm. and. Um, but but I haven't really gotten into the virtualization yeah. uh, okay. part yeah. of things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me me neither. I mean, I need to. That's one of the things on my list to, to go through. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then as far as uh, uh, Grunt and Gulp and npm uh, were some of the things that you mentioned about uh, uh, doing uh, automated builds. Uh, what? Um, how would you? Uh, categorize those, or when uh, when uh, might one person use one versus the other? Uh, right. You know. Yeah, I think Grunt is um, uh, the best choice for the largest amount of people. Okay. Um, and with Gulp, there's this funny thing where uh, you m you may like it if you're like a no developer doing uh -huh. other stuff, um, and that. Uh, you care about Windows and that sort of thing, okay. and then npm is more for people who are uh, more used to uh, working with uh, low-level CLIs and whatnot. And uh, right now, I'm 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 using uh, all three really, mm -hmm. yeah, but right. uh, it's mostly like at work you are probably going to use Grunt. Uh, because everyone kind of knows it and is comfortable with it. Um, Gulp is nice for um, quickly hacking together uh, like uh, a release flow or something like that. Um, on NPM is really the best option out there, but it's harder to put all the pieces together. Yeah, okay. So it's something more for personal projects. Yeah. And. Um 
Yeah, I think, uh, so if you were a, a node person, if you're familiar with streams and pipes and that, then I guess maybe Gulp might be a little um, more familiar than versus someone that's not. I mean, it right, might, that's yeah. kind of hard yeah, to Yeah, that's regret. what I meant uh, yeah. with the grunt part. Like, yeah. if you are uh, a C-sharp developer with, uh, you you may be perfectly comfortable with grunt, but once you get to the uh, whole piping stuff, um, it's going to not make sense for you. Yeah. Especially, maybe you are okay with it if you're like a Shaba developer, but you, if you're C sharp, you are in Windows and you don't touch the terminal because all the Windows commands uh, in the command line are completely terrible. Uh huh. Um, and they ha they aren't there aren't even conventions to like name parameters. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah it's something that you stay away from. Yeah. Um, but for non-Windows developers, it, it's uh, easier to. Well, you have more options. Yeah, yeah. And have you found like um, with uh, Grunt versus Gulp? I've I've kind of heard people talk about the idea that since with Gulp things are kind of um, uh, streamed, that uh, it, it seems to feel faster because it, it reacts quicker or something, or you know, like uh, yeah, there are things. Uh, two things about that. The first is that, um, as far as I can, I, I can remember, Gulp uh, pretty much tells you it finished, but it really didn't. Oh. <laughs> um, but the other thing is that it, it is indeed faster than Grunt, because um, Grunt tasks are, um, uh, trying to find the word for it, like self-contained. Okay. Um, so, so that, um, a grunt task typically uh, reads from disk, writes to disk. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so every time you're going and maybe to from disk. for several files. Yeah, yeah. Um, and each task you do, even if you compose them or whatever you do, yeah, they're going to each read, write, read, write, read, write. Yeah. And um, with Gulp, you use, you're using streams so that um, everything happens in memory. Yeah. Which, okay. uh, except that you're dealing with incredibly large files is going to be faster and better yeah yeah and i think i think i read maybe uh, a blog article you wrote about um, talking about the two maybe in, uh, in your on your uh, blog yeah uh, yeah I, I i wrote about uh actually i wrote a, a blog post which was decently popular which talked about uh grand gulp and and oh, an npm oh, okay and the yeah because the, there, this article came out that said like, uh, "Gulp is the new grant. Grant is out," uh -huh. and, and it's like it, yeah. it, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. It was right. just an eruption, like yeah. all the others I shown in these yeah. slides. Yeah, and, uh, and it's cool, but it's yeah. not something that you should just jump ship and uh, forget grant. Drop it. It's dead. Yeah. Now we move on. Gulp. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. There's there's a place for everybody. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, um, one of the other things I guess uh, you know, we, we were you know, talking about uh, in the in the talk was um, packaging or uh, for um, uh, JavaScript. You know, modularity and packaging. Uh, you know, we uh, so basically uh, I guess I have a question about Common JS, uh, AMD, ES6 modules. What, what's your kind of thinking on on those different things and and all that? Right. Yeah. Um, in general, I, I dislike very much the the idea behind require.js because it's uh, 
it's not well designed in my opinion it's like on the one hand you're uh, first obviously you have all the boilerplate uh, and functions and arrays that you need but um, there's also the fact that you're supposedly working towards um, making every dependency be able to uh, fetch the others asynchronously and that's what happens in development but when you go to release it's not like that the files aren't just laying around they're all in a single bundle and uh, and so why do you have all this complexity built into it from the beginning it's like with angular i think angular's worst decision ever was uh that in di they allow you to uh when when you declare a function the the name of each argument is uh, interpolated and they say okay uh, he's asking for log service so he he must want the log service uh, service and um, um, and the fact is that m many people started using that and they they go and figure out why the minifier broke their code and that's something that doesn't make any sense because you have to use a minifier. Yeah. So you are basically enforcing, or not enforcing, but encouraging poor uh, practices. Yeah. Um, so you, have a, you could have a different, um, you'd be a different, uh, you, if you're running in development, d uh, dynamic loading versus if you're uh, running it for production, then you, you minimized it and then and it could be missing something or it could be configured wrong or, you know, there, there could be, it, it could run differently. Like you said, if, if, it, if things didn't yeah. didn't get built right. So right. so you don't even know that if you, unless you're testing it again a, another way, so. Yeah, uh, and yeah. the worst part is that they act as if it were a feature. But it's not. It's just a problem. Yeah. Because if if you didn't have that interpolation thing, it would be better. Yeah. Without yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then ESX modules. I've read about them. They used to be much much worse than they currently are. But still, I think they should have just tried to figure out a way to make common shares work mm -hmm. for the browser. Just because it's simpler uh, and, and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because you 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 have all of npm like eighty thousand packages that support CommonJS already, so why why not uh, use that to your advantage? Yeah. Um, so I think that uh, Browserify is the best option f because it's um, it's the closest thing that you have to m real modules and. Uh, and it has a huge community around. Yeah. Uh, not only Browserify itself, but also yeah. CommonJS. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Great. Do you? Uh, I, I guess with the new, um, with the new HTTP 2.0, um, it which you know, it's, I don't know when it's going to be coming out, but you know, you know, a few years or whatever. Uh, the you know they're talking about where it's going to be have parallel make parallel requests and it's going to. It's going to make that uh, kind of uh, more effective to not have things all in one file. You know, it can be because it can like uh, do individual right. pieces, and it can check if it's already got that, and you know, return a 304 individually. But it's very efficient. Do Do you think that um, um, you know at that point will Browserify will probably adapt into something that, that works well with that, or maybe it won't even maybe it'll be easy just to load them directly uh, as uh, CHS? Or you know, I don't know. It's kind of hard right. to speculate, but right. uh, yeah, um, yeah. At that point, I, I guess uh, ES6 modules will eventually, if uh, 
if JavaScript doesn't provide itself uh, with uh, other option, um, they're going to be adopted eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides uh, CommonJS. And the nice thing about um, having this huge community is is that people are gonna, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are gonna work on this and right. keep moving it forward. Yeah. yeah so good. Um, and yeah, for BrowSerify, um, you can actually uh, bundle in different smaller uh, modules and still be able to require through each of those bundles. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's something that you're gonna already do if you have like a huge bundle. But okay, yeah. So they, that that can work that way too. Okay. Um, have you run into any, uh, any limitations? I, I actually need to to uh, to learn about Browserify, uh, you know, and since it's uh, it's really been taken off. And uh, is there any limitations with uh, how you use it, or anything that you can't do that you found so far? I mean, well, yeah, there's. Um, there's the fact that you need to use uh, static file names. Okay. So uh, when you do like require mm -hmm. um, or read, read file sync or something like that. Um, and yeah, it's a problem because, for example, I, I started writing a, a small MVC component that works uh, by first rendering on the server and then on the browser and using the sharing the routes. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the issue I had was that I I wanted to just uh, dynamically require the um, the the modules for each controller and for each template on the client side. Um, but I just uh, made a small CLI that built that dynamically because I I didn't need to know at uh, at runtime. Mm -hmm. I just knew at compile time, but I. I didn't want the user to of that MBC thing to have to list every single single uh, controller and yeah and template yeah. So um, in in creating that CLI, I just added the build step um, mm -hmm. and got rid of that issue. Um, but yeah, that's mostly the the only issue that that there is for um, CommonJS. Good. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. Modularity. Um, you know, I, that's. Uh, I think you mentioned in your talk about the the whole idea with CommonJS being module, modules and one one uh, uh, small purpose for each one, small you know uh, uh, focused uh, tight yeah. tight code you know that uh, just does one thing well. Um, and so, I, I, is that uh, probably a larger part of your book as far as the the uh, modularity and that? Yeah, kind of yeah. Um, the the second part of the book is dedicated to design. Um, I I mentioned all the different uh, options you have for writing asynchronous code. For example, I look at, uh, at a few different package managers such as Component, Bower. Oh, okay, um, good, good. And npm. Yeah. Um, and I also talk about uh, declaring these smallest amount of functionality in, uh, in a single component and packing together uh, everything that, in a way, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I I try to uh, to explain people how to use Backbone okay. uh, in the browser. Mm -hmm. um, the book isn't really about Node; it's about JavaScript in general. So that's okay. why I try to stay away as much 
as possible from node stuff. Specific, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. you may see uh, an express instance in mm -hmm. uh, one of the code samples, but sure. you, yeah. uh, you don't really interact with that, yeah. or it's not a core part of yeah, the, the sample. Part. Okay. Yeah. Is uh, uh, so. What is uh, what is your current thinking as far as all the different component um, uh, ways to use components or build components or whatever? Is there is there one that you're your favorite? Uh, you know of of them or no? Right now, I hate all of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I don't like web components. I don't like Polymer. I don't like uh -huh. uh, not using those yeah. either. Yeah. Uh, too I complicated mean, or or what you, uh, what you're uh, feeling too, about? Uh, I'm impractical. Okay. Like, um, web components is nice in theory, but uh, it's it just doesn't work for me. And um, not doing anything is a problem too, because you have to have the people that are using your component remember to re include the CSS and the JavaScript and. Mm -hmm. Uh, having the CSS in the JavaScript doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a problem. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest problems we have in uh, in in web development. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's one that I think uh, Angular um, tackled pretty well. Okay. But it's it's not something that. Uh, can be easily fixed without committing so much to a library. Yeah. Um, React also is a, a good example of how yeah. to how to use a, a, a library to develop those components. But yeah, um, using something that's specifically just for componentizing your application, it's doesn't work very well with me. Yeah. Okay. Is uh. uh of the these things that we just mentioned, the uh, you know Angular and Backbone and um, uh, React and all those, or vanilla JavaScript, is there one of your favorites for? Do you prefer doing MVC style, uh, you know, uh, components or, or what's your favorite, uh, you know, um, mechanism for building building I right. guess, apps or? You know. Yeah, I try to use MVC wherever I can. Um, I I I worked a lot with Angular. And I really liked it. Um, I, I hadn't have a chance to work with React, mm -hmm. but I, I really would like to, mm -hmm. um, because I, I think it's uh, pretty well uh, built. Mm -hmm. um, I really like their their idea of the virtual DOM, and uh, I, if if like a React guy is listening to this, he <laughs> should uh, pull that away from React and have it. Uh, be uh, completely isolated from React, so that other people can use just the virtual DOM layer. Okay, that would be like yeah, tremendous. Yeah, that could be huge, right? Yeah, yeah, that is a that's a fascinating feature uh, yeah. that they built into that, and and the whole idea about about just. Uh, um, you know, writing uh, writing your code as if you don't have to worry about uh, you just update everything and it'll figure out what changed. I mean, that's kind of that's a, that's that's amazing. You know, that's a, it's, yeah. it's a really neat uh, thing. So, okay, great. And um, I guess you know maybe our final closing uh, thought uh, here is uh, we might talk about is a little bit about uh, what's it like to write a traditionally published book. You know, uh, with O'Reilly and 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 all that. And how when did you start and and what's yeah you know, what's kind of the process and how how does it how does it work? I'm, I'm okay. curious about yeah. that. Uh, 
It's Manning, actually, but... Oh, Manning, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I started, like, nine months ago, maybe a little less. Um, it's a really painful process. I mean, you have to really want to write a book. It's not something that you can <laughs> do lightly. Yeah. Um, I, I have started writing uh, in my blog for... I think it was six months before, um, and, and, it, and it kind of started tickling my brain, like, it would be nice writing a book and not just blog posts. Um, and so I just went for it. I sent an email to, um, I think it was O'Reilly, mm -hmm. pretty sure, and they didn't answer for like a month. Mm -hmm. Or no, actually, I was super excited, so it was more like a week or two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. And uh, <laughs> and I sent the exact same email to Manning, um, and they replied like instantly. Uh -huh. So yeah. I went with them. Okay, good, good. Um, so yeah, the process is uh, how to put it. It's it's cool because it it um, helps you improve your writing style so much. Uh, you get to talk to a lot of different editors, and at first I thought uh, maybe I could um, do a thing on my own, no editorial, the lean way, right markdown all the way. Right. But yeah. it's it's not it, it it wouldn't have worked um, because they they help you so much into the process. Maybe if you already written uh, a book or two, you you know the whole process and ha and what kind of things to watch out for then you, you, you are fine um, writing on your own, but it's, I, I would recommend writing your first book at least uh, with, with an editor. Yeah, because you got a whole uh, team of people that, that yeah. work with you, editors, and, and uh, they're looking at different, probably style and grammar and, and all yeah. this kind of stuff, right? Okay, great. Yeah, and even the, the voice, I mean, you have to have your own voice, but yeah. uh, maybe your uh, like the whiz or use that you use yeah, yeah. Are, are important too and yeah. it's important to give it a consistent style across the whole book yeah um and you got to see it in print yeah uh by a, a real uh publisher so yeah. that's something that yeah to get excited about absolutely I yeah <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it. i've got the uh i've got the early access uh copy and i'm so i'm looking forward to uh to the to the final release and, and all that uh, yeah me too yeah how long uh how i long just want is it? to hold it in my yeah. hands and say i made this <laughs> right <laughs> how long does it you know uh, take to uh or when did you start and how you know where are you at now approximately percentage wise or something right uh right now i'm uh i finished writing the eighth book uh, the uh, sorry I wish uh, <laughs> chapter, yeah, um, and I'm in the uh, pre-release process um, of copy editing and whatnot. Um, but there's still a few chapters more to okay. to develop. Yeah, uh, we're figuring out how many. Yeah, um, but yeah, it, it shouldn't be too long. Yeah, yeah, but hopefully, definitely by the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Uh, and how can people um, follow you, and where where was the best place to uh, to to watch uh, watch you and learn more about you and and all that? Right, I'm NSTGB on Twitter. Okay, and I also have a blog at ponyfood.com. Okay, um, I have a website, but you're not going to be able to type that in. 
So it's Bebakwada Rayo. Okay. <laughs> awesome. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Great. Nico, I appreciate uh, you talking with me today, and uh, it's a lot of great information, and awesome. and uh, look forward to uh, to more of your stuff and your and your finished book. Thanks. I hope you've enjoyed this interview with Nico Bavacqua, discussing JavaScript tooling, app design, and his new book. The links and show notes are available at codewinds.com slash 10. If you would like to keep up on the latest in web developer news and training, follow me on codewinds.com, where I have a podcast, blog, and video training covering Node and JavaScript. Until next time, this is Jeff Barczewski with CodeWinds. Music by Audionautics.com